Alright everybody, here we go again on another beautiful Sunday morning that we get to gather together and share some uh, depths from God's Word. And I'll just tell you right up front this morning, we're diving deep. We're going to go deep into some things. And, and so if you're not prepared for it, this may just uh, bust your bubble a little bit. So those of you who have been following me in the Digital Cathedral for a while, you, you got the foundation down for this. If you're brand new, we welcome you. And I would encourage you to go back and look at the last uh, teachings for the last at least two, three months to get up to speed on the direction that we're going right now. So we're going to go deep, I'm telling you right now. So just hang on this morning. Open up your mind, open up your spirit, open up your heart. Once again, I'm going to say, don't believe what I tell you. You let it resonate within your spirit and you adjust it according to what the spirit of truth will say to you. But what, here's what I want to do this morning. I want to talk to you about affirming your I amness. I want to, when I'm done this morning, I want you to feel I am, I am. Now, when I say I am this morning, when I say I am, <clears throat> I'm speaking about you and I'm speaking about me. I am. When I say I am that I am, I'm speaking about the Father. Now, if you don't keep keep that in the front of your mind, you're, you may hear me say some, think I'm saying something that I'm not saying. So I want to make sure we make that distinction. I am has to do with me, has to do with you. I am that I am has to do without about the Father. So when we get our our I amness affirmed, when we start declaring I am, it's gonna it's gonna change the way that we see life. It's gonna change the way we live life. It's gonna change what we create in life. Affirming or declaring I am solidifies and secures your I amness. I want, to, I want to look at the progression of this happening within the life of Jesus, first of all, because if you can see the pattern in the life of Jesus, then you'll know that it's a good pattern that we can follow as well. So let me go over to Matthew chapter 3 in verses 13 to 17, and I, I want to just trace for you real quick. I could do a whole teaching on this easily, but just look, you're, you're sharp here to digital cathedral. You're smarter than the average bear. So I can just I can just nail it down, bang, 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 and I know you'll catch it. So in this, in this uh, third chapter of, of Matthew, I'm going to read verses 3 to 17. Because this is when the whole process of Jesus being able to say, I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. Seven I am's that Jesus spoke about himself, declaring his I amness about himself. And it all started right here with his baptism. Now I want you to watch this progression. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, cause I need to be baptized by you and you're coming to me. But Jesus answered to him in verse 15 and said to him, permit it to be so for thus it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. Then John the Baptist consented and he baptized Jesus. And when Jesus came up out of the water, behold, the heavens were open and he saw, John saw, Jesus saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And suddenly there was a voice that came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now we've read that a gazillion times in our life. We've, we've heard teaching about that. That's, that's no big deal. What well, is a big deal? But what I want you to see is that the whole start of the process began with the affirming of the sonship of Jesus. And that's got to be the first thing that you get nailed down in your life that beyond any shadow of a doubt, not based on your works, your righteousness, uh, your hoop jumping, that you are a son or a daughter of God. It's not 
gender specific. Or we talk about son of God, we're talking about offspring. You have to get that fixed in your mind. Ephesians 1.4, how many times have I, I quoted that? He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. That first chapter goes on to say that we were adopted. We were predestined to sonship. So it was that was the case from the get-go. It's only been people that have talked us out of it, religions talked us out of it, but the absolute fact is you are a offspring of God. Uh, Paul confirmed that to the um, idol worshipers over in, what is it, Acts chapter 28, learn about verse 19, verse 20, when he said we are all the offspring of God. He said that to the idol worshipers. Now here's, that's just the first step, but we're in a progression here. As soon as his sonship was affirmed, Jesus in uh, Matthew chapter four was immediately led into the wilderness and there his identity as divinity was challenged. Now, whatever you think the devil was, whatever you think the temptations were, it's insignificant for me this morning because the challenge was this. If you are the son of God, now, the first thing that's going to have to get settled down within you is your sonship, your daughterhood. Second of all, you're going to have to get your identity as divinity firmly fixed. Now, we're on the trail to becoming creators. When we hit next month, we're going to, we're going to move into this a lot faster and a lot deeper, but this is what we're after. So before Jesus ever did a miracle, before Jesus ever opened blind eyes, raised the dead, first his sonship was affirmed. Second of all, his uh, identity as divinity was severely challenged, and he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, but after his identity as divinity was firmly established, he came out, Matthew says, in the power of the Spirit. Then immediately he went to the, to the Sunday morning church service. It was Saturday, but you understand what I'm saying. And he picked up the book of Isaiah and he read it. And I, I want to read this for you uh, um, out, of, out of Luke chapter 4, because Luke does a, a good job of this. In Luke chapter 4, let me read from verses 18 and 19 of Luke chapter 4. So we got the sonship established. We got the identity as divinity challenged and overcome is firmly fixed in his mind. And then he comes into the, into the, uh, into the church service and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So he's establishing his I amness right here. What he's really saying is, I am to preach the gospel to the poor. I am to heal the brokenhearted. I am to proclaim liberty to the captives. I am to bring recovery of sight to the blind. I am to bring liberty to all that were oppressed and pro pro proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So those those. That was a, fix, a fixing of his I amness. So what I want you to get out of this is that there comes a time when your I amness is established as Jesus was, and he laid it down right there. He threw the gauntlet down and said, this is what I'm here to do. This is what I am. I am. I am that I am has anointed me to do these things. That's what, that's what it clearly says in that passage of scripture. Now, now what I'm teaching, there's not a lot of Christocentric teaching on what I'm teaching. There isn't. I'm fully aware, and I've read it and I've looked at it. I am this is taught in New Age and metaphysics. But where New Age and metaphysics and Don Keithley separate ways is in this. Metaphysics and the New Age, their aim is to make you source. Their aim is to make you God. 
and you are the offspring of some uh, energy or cosmic force. I don't want to get into energy and cosmic force. I don't want to get into that. I, for me personally, I, I can't have a relationship with an energy or cosmic force. I have a very personal relationship with a father in heaven. We talk, we talk all day long every day. He shows me these things that I bring to the digital cathedral to teach. So call it what you want. But for me, it's a very personal relationship. Let me be clear. What I teach, when I teach I am, it's always with a full understanding that everything I am comes out of I am that I am. Let me say it plainly. I am not source. I am not source. Source and I are in union. Source and I uh, co-labor together. Source and I are one. We are, we are in union with distinction, just as Jesus was when he walked on the earth. He was one with the Father, but there was a distinction there. And there is a distinction in us too. But I know this, that whatever the Father says that I am, that I can begin to proclaim I am as well. Every time I am is declared by this man at the digital cathedral or at the secret place on Wednesday night, it's in full realization that we are in conjunction and operating under the, under the auspices of I am that I am. Every I am that I declare has its source, has its beginning, has its power. It, it's the Father in me. He does the works. And as we move into this creating and, and get more plain and blunt and down to earth with it in the weeks that are ahead, we got to keep that in mind. That's what Jesus said. I can of my own self do nothing, even though the Father and I are one. But the Father in me, he does the works. We're co-creators. We're co-creators. I'm going to show some scripture where Jesus taught about the co-creating process. But as a co-creator, he has invested in us the authority and the power to actually create the world that humanity lives in and then to create the world that we live in as well. So let me say it again. We have been given both the power, dunamis, explosion. That's what power in the New Testament is. It's the word dunamis. It's, we get dynamite from it. It's explosive. And the word authority is the word exousia, which means authority. It means you have power over. You, ha you have a, a dominion over. That's a good good way to express it. So here's, here's, here's what's going on. If you understand what, I, what I've said so far, if mankind's concept of himself were different, then the world we live in, we have been empowered to make it different. Not just me and you, every, every seven billion people on the planet, we are living today in the uh, collective consciousness of seven million people. That's what the world is right now. Here's how it breaks down. God created the earth and all that dwell on the planet he created. However, man has created the world. And as I say, we've created it through collective consciousness. We can't blame God for the mess that's on the planet right now. We created the mess. The Father wants for us to create the world as it is in heaven that we might say, so be it on earth as it is in heaven. The two dimensions are coming together. I think I've done some teaching or I will be on, on two dimensions coming together. Spirit and natural, there, there's a merging today of, of two dimensions. He's done everything that he's gonna do. In fact, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse uh, chapter 10, verses 11, 12, and 13, right in there, 
he, it says that he made one sacrifice for sins forever. He finished everything. And then he sat down waiting, expecting his enemies to become his footstool. The foot, the feet are, the footstools under the feet. The feet are in the body. We are the body. He has seated. So he's waiting for the collective consciousness of humanity to make that kingdom shift and the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord. Now here's, here's what's happened. Come with me to Psalm 115, verse 16. You understand? God created the earth, terra firma. He created everything that is in it, that is on it, and is in it. But then in Psalm 115, David has this tremendous insight into what has actually taken place now. God has made a gift. And he says in Psalm 115 and verse 16, he says, The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's. But watch. The earth he has given to the children of men. The earth he's handed over to the children of men. He's given us the earth as a gift. We've created the world. He has given to us the earth as a gift. It would be like this. If you built a house, you built a brand new house, paid for it, constructed it, went through the whole process, and when the house was completed, you handed that house debt-free over to your children. Now, what your children, as, as a result of it being gifted to them, what they did with the house would be up to them. How they decorated it, the colored walls uh, that were painted, how they landscaped it, how they furnished it. That would all be their choice in what they did with the gift that you gave them. And that's what's going on in our world today. The Father has given us a gift called earth. And we in that earth have created the world in which we live. Man is a creator. We've been creating all along. We haven't been conscious or, or maybe call it that. We're the ones that have created shortage. We're the ones that have created poverty. Man is the one that created slavery and robbery. All manner of evil have come because man has created it. When God created the earth, he put everything into the earth that man would ever need for every generation that would ever live on the planet. There is absolutely no shortage of anything. So when man's collective consciousness changes, then the world that we live in and the, the, the world that we've created will also change. That's what the kingdom's all about. It's, a, it's, a, it's about influence until we change the collective consciousness of society. Now, I just said that on a grand scale because I'm not I'm not on that right now. I'm not on that. What I'm on right now, if you can see that on a on a world scale, then let me just bring it down to your life where you live. Let me put some let me put some boots on the ground. You have created the world that you live in. Now here's how you did it. The concept that you have of you, your consciousness has created your life. The way that you see you, the way that you think about you, the thoughts that you have about you, you have imagined, and that has grown in your heart, and you've actually spoken it out your mouth. The, the perception, the concept you have of you has influenced your choices, influenced your decisions. See, some of you that are watching me on the Digital Cathedral are brilliant. You're smart as can be. But somewhere along the line, you bought the line that I'm not, I'm not intelligent. I don't have what it takes. And so you short-circuited, you have short-circuited yourself and created something lesser than 
the, the potential that you have to create with your life. And it all starts with a thought, the concept, the perception. And then you visualize your imagination never sees you being a millionaire, never sees you with a successful business. It sees you working for the man. And you think that's all the higher you can ever raise because that's, that's what everybody told you. That's what you were raised in. See, that created that. So you, through your perception, made decisions and choices that resulted in the life that you have, that you've created. You have created it. Now, if you change the concept of yourself, if you change the perception of yourself and you begin to align, listen to me, if you begin to align your I am with the I am that I am's designed for you, your life will change. Your world will change. You will create something different. Let, let me just say it like this. When you start seeing yourself as the Father sees you through the eyes of the Father, your choices will become different. Your decisions will become different. What you imagine, the dreams that you have, they will shift. Where before your I am was, I am not, I am not able, I, I am not uh, smart enough, I am not equipped. It, it will move, it will move from that when you start seeing yourself through the eyes of the Father, when your perception concept of you changes, it's gonna move from I am not to all that I am, that I am says I am and has declared over me, I am, I am. Now I'm trying to, I'm trying to affirm that in you this morning. Maybe you've, maybe you've got the sonship thing down. You said, okay, I understand. I'm a son of God, daughter of God. I'm a, a, an offspring. We've come through, gosh, what do we do? 25 weeks or so on divinity as identity, identity as divinity. Maybe you've got that one nailed down, okay? You've, got, you've come through the testing time. You've, you've, you've allowed your world to be rocked to the point you say, okay, I, that's who God created me, that's who I am. So this part, when you come into the temple as Jesus did, when you come into life and Jesus began to, to declare, I am here to deliver the oppressed. I am here to preach the, the gospel. I am here to bring liberty to the oppressed. See, those, all those things that Jesus then declared that he was able to do came because his identity as divinity was fixed and he knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that he was a son, his sonship was established. Now, when that happens, then your I amness can also be established and you'll begin to think new thoughts about what I am based on what I am that I am has said to me into my mind, what the mind of Christ has fed to me. And that mind of Christ, those thoughts then begin to build imagination. And that imagination eventually brings it into my heart and my heart grows and it begins to speak it out my mouth. We're going to talk about all of that in September on some depth. But it all begins with a vision. It begins with a concept, a, 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 an understanding of, of what you have. And Proverbs, I mean, the, the wisest man that ever lived, I mean, he said it so well. It all starts with this, and it hinges around this in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 29. Let me just, I'm in Psalms, let me come over to Proverbs chapter 29. I want you to, I want you to see what, what Solomon said, because this is, this is worth paying attention to. This is worth letting it settle into your spirit. Now I want to read it out of the Passion Translation, because it says it just a little bit different. All right, verse 18, uh, Proverbs chapter 29. It says, where there is no revelation, 
Revelation is a thought. You, you, you see it. All of a sudden, you see what you never saw before. Where there is no revel, revelation, the people cast off restraint. That means they just go in every which direction. There, 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 is, no, there is no direction. There's no... See, revelation, another word for revelation would be vision. When you get a revelation, then you get a vision of what that revelation is about. But where that is lacking in a person's life then they go they go off in ways that are not I am, that are not um, concentric with the I amness that the Father has deposited within us. Let me let me read that that same verse out of the uh, out of the Passion translation. He says, "Where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray." So until we get the I amness established. See, Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't go astray because in Luke chapter four, he knew what the revelation was. He knew what the vision was. Deliver those that are captives, heal the sick, open blind eyes, uh, proclaim liberty to those that are oppressed, proclaim the, the year of liberty, the year that we're free from everything. See, that was Jesus's, that's, that was the vision. That was what nailed it down. He never got off of that. Everything that he did fit right around those things. So where there is no clear prophetic vision, where there's no thought, there's no revelation, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, when the thought comes and you follow that thought, heaven's bliss will fill your soul. Now, you'll get filled from another dimension. If you see the process that begins with vision or thought, perception, and it drops into imagination, and it ends up, he said, in bliss. You know what that? You know what the word bliss really means? I, I, I looked up in the dictionary just to make sure I hit it right. It means great joy and much happiness. You want a, joy, a life that has much joy and great happiness, then you can create it. That's what, that's what we're getting at here. God continually gave people exactly what we just read throughout Scripture, the vision, the thought, the revelation, and then he gave them an imagination builder and it filled their heart and eventually they began to agree with it. Now, some of them it took longer than others. Let me, let me give you another example. Let me, let me show you the, the life of Isaac. Remember, uh, Abraham was Isaac's daddy, right? So we all know that Abraham is the father of many nations and he had great promise that was given to him. And then it was passed down to Isaac. And so and so in, in the 26th chapter of Genesis, I want to read just uh, verses 2, 3, and 4, and to show you how the Father revealed to Isaac his I amness. Now, we don't get that in the Old Covenant I amness, but now with looking at it from a New Testament lens, we can readily see the I amness that God is planting within, within Isaac as well. Watch. Verse 2. Then the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I will tell you. Now he's starting to give him thought right here. He's starting to put vision into him, right? Revelation. Verse 3, dwell in the land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your dependents I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to your father. So right away he's given, he's putting an imagination in Isaac saying, man, what the old man started I'm going to tell you, buddy, you're, you're going to see the completion of it. I'm going to bring you into it. Verse 4, he just keeps building this. Now, he's getting his imagination going, right? He's saying, 
your I amness, and I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Now, listen to me. Look me right in the eye. What I said at the beginning of the teaching this morning, when I am that I am declares something about you, then you're free to say I am. I am. So Isaac, Isaac had an I am established. He could say, because the I am that I am said, Isaac, this is what you am. This is what you are. Isaac could therefore say, I am a creator of people, of lineage. I am the possessor of lands. I am wealthy. My I am the source of my descendants' wealth. I am a blessing to all nations. All of that came from the I am that I am. Now, how quick you are to pick up on that is going to determine how quick you manifest it. Now, there's one, one thing that God told Isaac, and I think he's saying the same thing to us today as we develop our I amness. In verse 2, he said, Isaac, don't go down to Egypt. Egypt represents bondage. Remember his father Abraham went to Egypt, got him in all kind of trouble. When you go to Egypt, when you go to the world, when you fall back in and forget I am, then you get yourself ensnared. So he's saying, look, don't go down to Egypt. You can, listen to me, you can at the direction of I am that I am, you can declare, I am blessed. I am a creator. My world is influenced by my I amness. And I, I am blessed in spite of the three Ps. He, say, he says, don't go to Egypt. Three Ps. Politics, pandemic, and people. Those three things right there are Egypt. And they will try to snare you. Stay out of politics. You're protected pandemic. You know, a lot of us have been jabbed, taken the vaccination. That's fine. Some of us haven't taken it. That's your choice. But those three things, politics, pandemic, and people, do not control the degree of blessing that you have in life. It absolutely does not control it. Your blessing, your, your ability to co-create with the Father comes by what I am that I am says I am. When he says it, you can say, I am more than a conqueror. I am able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am able to create a life that is abundant because he's given us all those things. He came to deposit them. So he's done the, he's done the work. And Jesus laid that out for the disciples. This is, I'm gonna give you a couple passages of scripture that we're gonna look at from a way you've, you've maybe never looked at before. And this might, this is where you're gonna, I'm gonna tweak you a little bit, okay? I want you to see how the Father has set it up. And then we come in and we co-create with him and we, we receive the blessing. Look at John chapter four. John chapter four, way over to the right-hand side of the book. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter four. And let me read verses 34 to 38. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Well, that's another whole teaching, but he finished it, guys. He finished it. He didn't half finish it. He fully finished it. Then he says in verse 35, do not say there are four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Verse 36, and he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit 
for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Cooperative effort. There's the sower and the reaper, and they're both going to rejoice together. Right now, Jesus is talking about something here. Just hang on. He said, I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. Now, we looked, always looked at that verse kind of as an evangelism passage, as an evangelism passage. But that it's doubtful that Jesus was talking about going out and giving somebody the four spiritual laws or the Roman road to salvation. I don't think Jesus was saying that. You can look at this, this little parable that Jesus told on so many levels, and you can draw a lot of truth from a lot of different angles. So what Jesus is doing here, listen, <clears throat> Jesus is planting vision. He's building their imagination. He's putting thoughts into the minds of the disciples about their I amness. He's saying to them, guys, I'm telling you, you are the laborers. You are the harvesters. You are the one that will see the manifestation through the creative ability that you have to bring that harvest in. Their I am given to them is I am a harvester. I am a reaper of blessings from fields and crops that I did not plant. I didn't plant them. Jesus was opening their consciousness. He was pulling their mind open to the blessing that they could get as they began to see and to think out of Jesus's I am that I am, all right? Jesus says, I am that I am. He did all the heavy lifting. He's saying the fields are already planted. Now, this is this the, 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 the planter and the harvester rejoice together. God the Father and you and I, I am that I am and I am rejoice together as we create and bring from the unseen to the seen, the invisible to the visible. The fields have already been prepared. There's no more creation to take place. Everything that man will ever need has ever been created. It's just in a realm that is not visible to the natural eye. And what he's saying here, there, there were not literal fields. Jesus is drawing a picture. He's saying, this is what's going on in the, in the invisible. This is what's going on in spirit. It's been prepared. It's ready. Now you need to go in and you need to bring in the harvest. Jesus says, I am that I am, did everything that was needed. The Father did it through him. Everything's been prepared. So the fields are ready. So our affirmation, our, our view of ourselves, our affirmation should always be, I am. I am the harvest. I am the receiver of blessing. See, we're going way beyond anything that's been taught up to this level in places I know because nobody's ever said practically, here's how we get it done. Jesus lays it out so clearly that the blessings are like a field that are white into harvest and he made the fields ready. I am, I, I need to declare, I am the harvester. I am the reaper of blessings. Every thought, every idea, every vision creates after its own image and likeness. Every thought that you have is going to create after its likeness. Our thoughts, our imaginations need to be that the fields are white and I am now receiving. I am going into that field and with through my thought and imagination and abundance of heart and word I speak out my mouth, I am bringing that, that blessing in. I am bringing what I desire into my life, right? What Can you feel it? How would you feel if you walked out into the field and drew in the blessings you're looking for, the life that you'd like to live? How would you feel? That emotion needs to pervade us. 
that emotion needs to grip us. We, we need to see that it's a done deal. It's already happened. It's, it's over. Now, the manifestation of it is the job of our co-labor, the Father, to show it up, right? But everything creates after its kind. What you imagination, imagine in your mind is going to create. Dogs create dogs. Cows create cows. Horses do not create monkeys. Everything, everything multiplies after its kind. With that in mind, I want to read to you a verse from 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. I want you to know the thing that is in you that has created your ability to say, I am whatever I would like to affix to the I am. Everything creates after its own kind. Are you right? 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. The thing that brought you from life to death, you've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's son, Colossians 1.13, and the thing that did it was this incorruptible seed. You were born again by the incorruptible seed. It wasn't your prayer. It wasn't your confession. It wasn't your repentance. It wasn't your faith. It was the incorruptible seed that was planted within you by I am that I am. And that incorruptible seed is his very essence. And it will, it will reproduce after its kind. I'm, and I'm getting heavy today. It will reproduce after its kind. It's within you. What is within you that has been planted as a seed of himself, I am that I am, affirms that you can say, I am, and it will grow and it will produce. The consciousness and creative power of I am must conform to that incorruptible seed. We have to come into agreement with that incorruptible seed. And every time we say, I am not, we're not in agreement with the seed. But when we say, I am, we bring ourselves into agreement. I'm affirming your I am this morning. I, if I get nothing more done than that, I'm a happy camper. I'm affirming your I am. Now, let me give you a passage of scripture. If John chapter four, verse 34 to 38, seeing it through the lens of you being the co-laborer, the co-creator, the co-harvester, so that you could say I am, if that, if that didn't adjust your thinking, from what you traditionally read that scripture from an evangelical uh, point of view that it's evangelism, we're supposed to bring the harvest of souls in. I don't think that's what Jesus was getting at. I, I'm sure it's not. He's talking about a harvest, a blessing. He's talking to them. Now, John chapter eight, Jesus carries on this interesting dialogue with the Jews. And he has this hidden gem of a revelation that I'll tell you what, it sprung on me as I was preparing to study for this. I did not expect this. I didn't, I've never seen, I've never heard this. So take it for what it's worth. Believe it, don't believe it. I'm going to show you something out of scripture. I think blew my mind and it affirmed my I amness more than anything that I've ever seen in scripture before. I think it really says it. Jesus is talking to the Jews, right? Religious people, but he's trying to open their eyes to some things. So in John chapter eight, John chapter eight, let me read just a little bit out of John chapter eight. Let me pick it up with verse 21. John chapter eight and verse 20, 
21. You hear the truck? That's the garbage man going by. John chapter 8, verse 21. Then Jesus said to them again, he's talking to the Jews, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin because where I go, you cannot come. You're not going to hit the mark on where I'm going. So the Jews said, <laughs> they're thinking on such a natural level. They had no, no consciousness of what Jesus is talking about. Jesus, the Jews said, will he kill himself because he says, where I go, you cannot come? Then in verse 23, Jesus says to them Jews, you are from beneath, I am from above. Jesus is trying to elevate their consciousness. He's trying to put an imagination within them. They are dead in a doornail spiritually right now. They, they've got a veil over their eyes because of the law of Moses. That's what they're following. So Jesus says, you're from below, I'm from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Now listen to me. Let me read that 24th verse again. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. What's, what is a sense? Harmatia, missing the mark, right? When you, when you miss the mark, you're not living in the abundant life. You're not connected to Zoe. You're, you're pulling out of your own resources. You're living out of your own mind. You're living out of religious regulations. You're eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. <clears throat> he says, you're going to die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you'll die in your sins. Now, here's, here's something that, that just jumped out of the page at me. The word he is in italics. Now, some of the translations I got, I don't know how many translations of the Bible I have. And then I go to Bible Hub and I check a lot. I check others. The word he is in italics. That means it was not in the original. The translators stuck he in there because they thought it brought clarity, when in reality it brought confusion. Because here's, here's what Jesus is saying to these Jews. You're going to die in your sin if you do not believe that I am. If you don't have a concept of your I amness, he's telling them, if you don't have a concept of your I amness, I'm saying to you this morning, we're affirming it. If you don't, if you don't have an understanding of your I amness, you will die having missed the mark. You'll not be attached to the, to the abundant life. You'll not be creating what you want to create. You'll not come to the level of life that you want to live. Jesus laid it out for the Jews. He said, if you don't believe Speaking to them, he's putting he's putting the onus on them. He's putting this is this is a hidden revelation that I think has been covered over, but we're catching it today. This is this is affirming our this, but it's going I know it's gonna mess with you because you've never this is totally foreign. Let me say it again: the word he is in italics, but was added by the translators. It should read if you don't believe that I am. And he's saying this to the individual Jews. They need to have a concept of their I amness. And if you don't, Jesus said, you're going to die missing the mark. You're not going to create. You're not going to know you who you are. It has to come. The, the translators missed the fact that Jesus was talking to the Jews about them and who they were. They the translators totally missed that. They, they threw he in there because... They thought Jesus was trying to get something across about himself being I am. No, Jesus knew he, his I am that I am. He was God in the flesh. Not knowing their I am would create harmatia. They would miss the mark. 
translated sin. They would remain disconnected from life because they would miss the mark not knowing their I am. And when we don't know I am, we will not create, we will not enter the abundant life, we will not co-labor with the Father, we will not walk out into the fields that are already prepared, that the, that the sower and the reaper can both rejoice. We're being cut way short. So they would not create. Jesus is saying this, you're, you're not going to create a divine life that they had the power to create unless you know I am. Now it comes down to verse 28 and Jesus Jesus hits it again. Watch this, verse 28, verse 28. Then Jesus said to them Jews, when you lift up the son of man, when you, when you view him correctly, so we've always said when, when he's crucified, okay, that's one level of truth, that's one level of consciousness. I'm telling you something deeper than that. When you, when you put the right perspective on the son of man, He's saying, Jesus, when you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself, but as my father taught me, I speak these things. Now, again, what, what's, what's Jesus saying this 28th verse? He's saying, when you lift up the son of man, when you get the right perspective of the son of man, when you see the humanity of Jesus that you should identify with, that you should uh, pattern after, then you're going to know I am. And again, in that 28th verse, the he is in italics. It never was there. Jesus is giving them instruction on how to discover their I amness, how to get it, how to get it settled. And that's what I'm doing today with you. I'm affirming your I am. And Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, when you get Son of Man consciousness then you'll know, then you'll know I am. You'll know I am. And you'll know that I am does nothing of himself, but the Father does it. That's what he says in this 28th, 28th verse. Let me read it like it should have, like we should have been translated. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am, and that I do nothing of myself. I am does nothing of himself. But as my father taught me, I speak these things. So Jesus said, guys, my I am, Jesus speaking myself. He said, I am, I didn't do anything myself. The only thing I didn't speak was what the father said and what I saw the father do. That's the pattern. But he's telling them how to discover their own I am. And I think that that is so powerful. That is, that is so relevant to us. Jesus is saying, you will know that your I am as you see Jesus lifted up as the son of man's I am. He, he said, I am the son of man. And he said, I am the son of God. He was both. Those were, those were revealed in the human man, Jesus. I am the son of man. I am the son of man. Those were revealed in Jesus. And out of that, Jesus gave us seven I am's. Jesus proclaimed seven I am's. We, we talked about this, what, a couple months ago. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection of life. I am the door. On and on, on Jesus went. And they really coincided to the seven I am's the Father declared about himself in the Old Testament when he said, I am Jehovah Shalom, I am Jehovah Jireh, I am Jehovah Sidkenu, when he laid out all the I am's that defined him. And so as we begin to lay out I am's, we can begin to define ourselves as well by the I am's that we lay out as we have been empowered by I am that I am to declare about ourselves. 
I am, let me just make it clear. I am does nothing of himself. The only thing that I am does is what comes from I am that I am. And I am that I am has done everything that is needed on this earth and given us the earth as a gift and allowed us to create the world on this earth. But he's made sure that there's enough water, enough air, enough gold, enough every, whatever man needs. See, we've created the shortage. We've created the dilemma. We've created the hardships. God had no hand in it. Man has done it. <clears throat> so God's got, gotten hold of our shoulders and he's shaking us and saying, wake up. And people are waking up all over the planet and they're beginning to see, wait a minute, we can make a difference. We can, we can turn this thing around. Politics isn't going to turn it around. People aren't going to turn it around. A pandemic's not going to turn it around. Nothing's going to turn it around except the leaven of the kingdom that is in the lump and it's beginning to work big time. And the step that we've come to now is learning how to be a creator. And when we learn how to create, it's going to affect your prayer life. You're going to quit bawling and squalling and going to God and, and, and trying to talk him into what he needs to give you. He has said, I have given you the authority and the power to be a creator. But to be a creator, you got to get your sonship established. You got to know your identity as divinity, and it will be challenged. It will be challenged. It'll come to you. If, if you are the son that you believed you are, then why is this going on in your life? And that's when you need to step up and just hold on and say, you know what? I am everything that I am that I am has declared. See, Jesus said he immediately took what God said. He immediately took what God said to him and used it to establish his identity as divinity. And that's what we need to do. What God has spoken to you about who you are, when that identity as divinity is challenged, then you need to take that word that he has deposited to you about who you individually are and use that to neutralize the challenge to your identity as divinity. And when you come out of that, you're gonna come out in a power of the spirit. See, we're, we're living in a power of the spirit right now. I feel stronger spiritually, I feel more, uh, revitalized, I feel more renewed than I have at any time in my life. And I know it's because we're into where we need to be going right now. We do nothing of ourselves, But when we say I am, it keeps us focused. It keeps our attention sharp. And, and it also, I'll tell you another thing it does. It keeps us continually in the presence of I am that I am. Because I am is drawing from I am that I am all the time, constantly. See, I, 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 I am drawing out of I am that I am to come over here and teach to you what it is I'm living out. I can't teach it till I'm living it out. I'm seeing this stuff, man. I'm seeing this happen in life and other people are too. It's not just me. I am that I am and that presence of I am that I am that we walk in daily gives us the authority and gives us the dominion. We have it. But I am that I am affirms our I amness to absolutely walk in it. Let me just say this. I'm done. Your world, your personal world, is a creation of the consciousness that you carry of I am. Now, I hope I've firmly affixed it this morning. You should have three things firmly affixed. You're a son, your identity as divinity, and your I am is able to do all that I am that I am says you can. And we're going to uncover that as we go along and then utilize it and work it. Fair enough? All right. It's been good to be with you this morning. Next Sunday morning, we'll, we'll take another leap into I am. I want to just keep moving with this. Uh, next Sunday uh, kind of ends up the month of August. So as we get into September, 
we're going to take each each portion of these uh, invisible to visible connectors that we have, the things that are not seen that uh, can be seen that we have within all of us. We're going to take one week on each of those four spiritual connectors. I call them spiritual connectors because they connect the natural with the spiritual, the visible with the invisible. We're going to take one of those every week and we'll begin that first Sunday of September. So you don't want to miss that. Next week, we'll kind of move, be, lay some foundation and get ready for it. So it's been good to be with you this morning. God bless you. Go back and listen to this again. There's no way that you're going to capture all this in, you know, the 48 minutes and 19 seconds that I've been teaching it. So listen to it again. Invest in yourself. Invite somebody over to the Digital Cathedral. Bring them over to the Don Keithley ministry page. If they are awakening to the pure gospel and they're hungry for more, if they just want to argue and complain, fight doctrine, don't bring them over, please. This is not, that's not the place to change their mind. It's the place for people to grow and to develop into all that God's called us to be. See you Wednesday night at Secret Place, 7 p.m. Central Time. Back next week at the Digital Cathedral. Make sure you subscribe to this channel. Make sure that you get your books, Hell's Illusion and the Religion Busters, and read those. Good foundation. Take you further. And all this is coming together and working for our good and our benefit. You are a creator. And you're going to create the rest of the days of your life. God bless you. We'll see you next time.